If you're looking to start a podcast, the best place to start is Anchor. It's free. The creation tools allow you to record and edit the podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Uh, You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's easy to do everything to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is this is October, so spooky. Happy October, Dan. Happy October. Listen, today we're gonna talk about Nosferatu, the 1922 silent film. Actually, it's it's Nosferatu, a symphony of horror, which is my favorite thing in the world. It was pretty symphonic. Um, Dude, we will we will get into the music. I have an entire I have an entire thing about the music of this film. Uh, if you have not seen this film, again, it came out in 1922, and it's about vampire Count Orlock, who expresses interest in a new residence and real estate agent Hutter's wife. Dan, you've never seen this film, correct? I've never seen this film. I've my, also my never seen this film. My only Nosferatu exposure is. The episode of SpongeBob, where he flips you know, the lights. I, <laughs> I tried. I tried to watch a clip of that ju- just to prepare myself because I, I have a vague memory of that SpongeBob episode. But anyways, yeah, didn't happen. I I never saw this film. I was under the impression I actually did not know it was a silent film, but I was also under the impression that it was three hours long. Same. I think like all movies from this time feel like they're like four or five hours long. But but this played super fast. I was I was so I was so excited about this movie. Oh, if yeah, it felt like someone telling a fairy tale. Right. And um, it's all it's based on Dracula and it's considered one of the first horror movies. This like this is the genesis of every horror movie or excuse me, in horror movie and vampire movie that we now know. Was it like a was it a straight rip of the book? Yes, <laughs> essentially. I mean, there are definitely there are definitely some things that were changed. It was part of one of my fun facts, but the, like the so the book of Dracula was written by Bram Stoker, and he had died. But the movie was being sued by his wife for essentially being ripped off uh, a rip off of Dracula. And they just had to change the name. Well, no. So. <laughs> So the writer, the writer Henrik Galeen, Galeen, it was it was meant to be like loosely, loosely, quote unquote, loosely based off Dracula, and it wasn't meant to be a film that was going to get them in trouble because, you know, the Stoker residence or foundation or whatever you want to call it, not foundation, state, they like they have, at this time, had a long history of shutting down any kind of movie, any anything that was based on Dracula or resembled Dracula, and they typically won. When Nosferatu came out, I think it was in theaters for a very short period of time, she she filed a lawsuit eventually, you know, for copyright infringement, I think. Mm-hmm. Then won, but the movie, like, she won, and therefore all of the prints of the film were meant to be destroyed. But, the, like, apparently one or two or however many were already out of the country and were copied and this, that, and the other, and therefore we all got to experience Nosferatu. It was not, like, we are, we're all watching a film that's essentially been bootlegged. Yeah, it's like 
LimeWire, <laughs> OG LimeWire. So ex- exactly. Shout out. No, is LimeWire still around? Anyways, no. But seriously, like it's all it's all like this, this essentially this bootleg thing that eventually ended up getting a whole lot of praise, and of course has this legacy of being, at the time, a really horrifying film. So much so that I think I think I'm not sure if it was Germany, but a country banned it for some time. Because it was too scary. So horrifying. It was too scary. Of course, I mean, I don't know how you feel. For me, I was like, this movie is not scary whatsoever. Definitely creepy. Don't get me wrong. It's oh, creepy. Sure as creepy. Man, people were <laughs> people were so sensitive back in the day. So sensitive. No, but like, no, but so true. Like, let, hold on. Let's let's take a second to talk about this because this isn't the first time we talked about like ratings and I guess the sensitivity of audiences and the MPAA, etc. Right. So I have, I I am in no way scared by this movie, but I am creeped out by this movie. And so put pulled into the film that I still think about it a couple days later. And I I watched it a a few days ago. So I'm still like thinking about the movie. Of course we're doing the podcast. So I'm kind of have to think about it, but no, like not, not at all horrifying, but we think about showgirls. I'm going to keep every podcast after showgirls. I'm just going to find a way to bring it up. I think about Showgirls and, shoot, done a, a few others at the time that were kind of just pulled up on their sex and their violence and everything else that kind of changed cinema. And I think Nosferatu is definitely pulled up on that as well because, because of how shocking it was to its audiences. And I yeah. think, go on. I, I was just going to say, it, even though it's, it like sparked this whole vampire movie like genre and it included so many tropes that we see now that almost seem like they've always been there. This one, it still feels more fresh than most vampire movies. Because it's, it's the, there's nothing, there's nothing else to, I think you can, I think you own, like you can see the original and go, this is where it all came from. Yeah. And and even then, even then I go, this is where it all came from, yet, just like you said, it feels so fresh and so new and unlike anything else that I've watched. I feel like people saw this and go, and they, they you know, they had their own interpretation of it, and it's a game of, like, what's the, I want to say Chinese whispers, but no, that's not appropriate anymore. <laughs> but it's this telephone, there we go. It's oh, like a game of telephone where everyone... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I knew that's. I, I know it's wrong. I said no, I didn't say. Anyways, um, I'll edit that out for sure. I mean, it's for but, sure very unsettling. It is. What did? You, yeah, go on. I, I I think just because my only exposure to Nosferatu, Count Orlock, was that SpongeBob episode. So, in my head, he was gonna be a lot goofier like a lot more lighthearted. Yeah. Because I've always seen that character, like that image of that like lanky, creepy, shadowy figure compared to what we know vampires and Dracula to be. And it's fucking, he's like more of a ghoul than like a, a seductive count, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, so Another one of my another one another one of my facts is the actor, the actor who played uh, Count Orlock was Max Shrek. I think that's how you pronounce like his name. Shrek, Shrek. 
correct. <laughs> Which apparently his last name in German means scream? Horror? Oh. It means something. Something Perfect. terrifying. But apparently he has this like reputation of being so weird and I, I guess so weird that there was a rumor going around that like maybe he was a vampire. Right? Like the actor. The actor. So much so that like it became kind of like, kind of like this urban legend of the actor playing a vampire was a vampire that they ended up making a movie about the making of Nosferatu in which the actor Max Schreck was potentially so creepy on set that he is a vampire. <laughs> I mean, I will say other actors who have played Dracula also fall into that category. Like Bella Lugosi, I can't oh, yeah. Dracula. Even Christopher Lee, as great of an actor he is, he's. If someone said, "Oh, did you know he was secretly a vampire?" I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I can, I can see that." But see, but see, I, I think of these things and I go, "Yeah, that makes sense. That makes perfect <laughs> sense." Um, in that movie, in that movie in which that, <laughs> in that movie in which it was a making of movie about, I don't even know how to explain it anymore, but. Willem, Willem Dafoe played Max Shrek, <laughs> and John Malkovich played the director Murnau, F.W. Murnau. It's oh so it's a, see, like watch watch the trailer for it. It's very strange. I'll include it in the show notes. It's a very strange film, a uh, very strange trailer. I haven't seen the film, but yes, let, let's go back to the genesis of of all horror movies, which is Nosferatu. I think I would again. I was quite shocked that it was a silent film. Because I, I, I'm not sure if I knew off the top of my head that this was like the start of all vampire movies. And I'm going to say there are four horror movies. But it, I, I think, I, I don't know about you. I don't know about you. But just talking about genre bending and stuff like that is I immediately thought of what we do in the shadows. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. I couldn't help but, I couldn't help but go, like, re, like really? Like, this is the scary thing? But like we're we're scared of this. We're scared of this guy. I just felt like at, at any moment it was it was just going to turn into like some sketch. You know what I mean? Some like look, look at me trying to scare these these stupid humans. You know? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because you can see some elements that have had a strong carryover into the vampire genre. Yeah. And you get like so specific, like oh, the way he stands, the way he looks at people, the way he like walks, and even the the house he lives in, like such specifics that you're like, oh, this is the first time someone did that. But then there's others that you're like, oh, I can see why you dropped that. That was kind of just corny. <laughs> I mean, there there were some things that I I thought of like, uh, what was it? Like the was it like the smoke or the way he died? Like there was just a few things that I guess for the special effects at the at the time that this was made, I was like, yo, this is really not uncool. I wouldn't like I don't want I don't want to say uncool or lame, but I was like, oh, okay, that's how they like that's how that happened. Like this is where this is where this came from. Like turning into smoke or yeah. like just the slow fade away from everything. Or Listen, when he's the, in, his, in his carriage and it's like sped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, loved, I loved him carrying a coffin around town like he's a freaking like bodybuilder. <laughs> he's just carrying a like oak coffin around, just one arm, just under his arm, like a shopping bag. Yeah, um, amazing, amazing. 
because why? Why? What? What? <laughs> there was just no other way to get around. Drag it or just leave it and pick it up later. Yeah, it's like it's um, just, it's a security blanket. Right, can't be too far away from my coffin. But let's let's start with the premise of this. Right, the premise of the film is like <laughs> is like, hey, this guy needs a new house. What? How is that creepy? How is this? How is it creepy that a, a vampire is going to, to a real estate agent? <laughs> really? Yeah, going above and beyond this realtor. And then, and then this guy has to essentially go to him, and he's like, like, he's like far. He's like on a right. boat. He's going into the mountains. This isn't like, but, but, oh, I'll, I'll I'll meet in ten and we'll check out the the house. Right. Right. It's like an expedition but, right, but, to get him. The realtor had to go to him to show him some of the properties, and I don't think it was like photos or anything like that. It was like here's a here's a description of properties that we have, and then for whatever reason, and I correct me if I'm wrong because you know with silent movies, I end up looking down or looking away, and I miss things. But the reason crucial title. No, I remember now. It was like his locket or something like that, right? It was something that he had with his wife on it that was like, I'll take the one next to your house. Yo, what a creepy line. <laughs> he, he looks at the locket and he goes, your wife has a pretty neck. I'm going to start saying that to people. I mean, listen, so all of, all of this happens and then then he, he gets bitten, right? He gets bitten. Really quick, he's like, I, I just I can't get over the neck thing. If someone said that, if I was a realtor and someone said, hey, your wife has a pretty neck, I, I'd, I'd leave. I'd be like, all right, it, good luck finding a house. Wait, did it, did it show a response to this? It didn't show a response no, to this just, at all. Okay. And it had, it had to be the he's next like, line that was, yeah, right. And then it had to be the next line that was like, yeah, yeah, I'll take the house right across from yours. What? Why? It's like, why? No, why, I'm getting why? a restraining order. Also, why? Why would you then? I, I don't know if the best practices were back in 1922, but why would you? Why would you show someone a house and be like, "Yeah, I live across the street"? Like, why would that come up? Because he he wanted somewhere that was away from everyone, but then he gets to the house and then is peering through the window and can see directly into the real estate agent's house. Yeah, they're, they're also they're like downtown, whatever German town, <laughs> they're like in the heart of everything. Right. What? Why is this guy moving? What's going on? And of course, like these are just the funny aspects to it of like today, where you go, where you go, like what? What? Why is this a thing? What's happening? <laughs> but again, what's considered super scary. So here's my here's my question for you, because mm-hmm. my favorite thing about this movie for better or worse, is the fact that it had the best score I've ever heard in some time. Honestly, I, I think that's what made it so easy to watch. I think that's what made it the time pass so quickly. Because yes. it felt like, like you were being like lulled in to this tall tale. And it really, the score like kept, like that was what the, the score... And the use of shadows, what was what actually made it spooky? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think like the, the it, like it for all lack of uh, lack of phrases here, it kept tempo with everything, and it was about mm-hmm. a two-hour movie, wasn't it? Was it about two hours? Let's see. Yeah, hour and change. Go oh, hour and a half. Hour and a half. Hour and a half. Not too, not too long. But it honestly, if you had told me it was an hour, I would have believed you, because it felt it just felt like it was moving no matter what. 
I mean, I'm um, always impressed with good silent films. Yeah, same. Because it's such a lesson in like editing and like physical acting. Yeah. Because there, I mean, I've seen silent films where there's a lot of dialogue cards, and you right. really have to keep up with it. But this one, there really wasn't that many. Like, I'd be surprised if there was more than twenty dialogue cards throughout the whole movie. And and part of it was, like, I, I think part of the dialogue cards was, or just the the cards in general was like uh, exposition, like stuff yeah. that we that we as an audience almost didn't need to know. Yeah, it, it it really was like fairy tale because all like right. the title cards were like explaining this world more than anything, right? And of course, coming coming from twenty twenty, we're like we like we don't need this, like we, we don't need to know this. But I, I imagine if you hadn't read the book in nineteen twenty twenty two, you're like what like what is going yeah. on? Who knows the story? Like to a certain extent, right? Right, like the Dracula story. And I, I've never read the original Dracula, and this, like, watching this makes me want to to see what it was originally like, mm. to see what we ended up turning it into, because I I, I can't. Is I think I think my first dalliance in Dracula was like Anne Rice's Dracula. Oh yeah, Anne Rice is that right? Or like I remember like Interview with a Vampire, or you know, Ooh, like the, the million exactly the million and one movies like vampire movies from the 90s is what I know. Well, that's why um, this one feels so unsettling because all of those, I, I think it's safe to say the majority of Dracula vampire movies, the vampire is like a Lothario, like very sure. smooth, yeah. uh, charming. Like that's how they like seduce these people and get in. Count Orlock is gross. <laughs> And not smooth at all. Like you look at him and you're like, oh, you're a vampire. Right. You look at him and you go, something is wrong with you. Whereas Brad Pitt, you're like, oh, you're a vampire. And I and I I, I like I like the fact, I mean, because we meet this guy and he's essentially alone, right? Like, mm-hmm. like he has no one. And I, I I enjoy that. I enjoy that he's this creepy dude, like walking around, walking around towns with his coffin just to try to get by. Because it is awkward, and I think I, I like it because it does talk to like the human condition of like I'm trying to sneak by, so yeah. I'm gonna like do these awkward things that may not be like the most supernatural, just to try to get the thing that I want to get. I like that he, you know, they could have easily made this guy fly. They could have yeah. easily given him like again. I don't know the I don't know the text, the original Dracula text, but I feel like they could have easily have imagined some stuff up and they just chose not to. Yeah, and there are certain elements like him disappearing and rising and things that are supernatural. But then, like I said earlier, there's him just hauling a coffin by hand. <laughs> no reason. No reason for it. Or him um, just like just eating a meal like with with the real estate agent. Right. Again, for no reason. Question. So the thing that I did miss is the whole rats and plague thing, right? Like, so I, I, I don't know where that came from. Like, all of a sudden, there was like, he's, you know, there are rats on the on the boat, and they have the plague. Yeah, I guess that's where he gets his power from. Sure, from um, <laughs> tainted earth. Right, right, right. So he, yeah, exactly. That makes sense. So he comes, he comes into the town. 
again, another like thing whole, that it's it's one of those things where it's like, well, why do you have to stop there? Like you have right. all this supernatural, like larger than life world that you've built. It's like, why not go a little step further and be like, hey, he doesn't need physical dirt next to him at all times. Yeah, it's man. I, I again, some things that I'm just like, I do not understand why this is part of it and why it's not. Because uh, is there a sequel to the Dracula novel? Like, is, does it get any deeper? Because <laughs> because some things just it, like you know how today, if like if Dracula were a book today and it was just this, like this tome of like this mythical creature, you can bet your bottom dollar that there's a sequel and a like a trilogy somewhere down the pipeline. Oh yeah, to to get this whole thing going and get down to like the myth- methodology of it, Mytholo- mythology of it. So yeah, it does feel like it does feel like it just stopped and like there was just nothing else going beyond that. So the Black Death, which was a pandemic, so hello, we wouldn't know anything about that. So it ended in 1353. So we're then talking about centuries later, but now the Black uh, Black Plague is still around, or bubonic plague anyway, is still around, and the rats are passing it through this town. It's yeah, it's just strange. I'm not saying anything here. It's it's just weird. Let's see. So here's here's the thing. here's the reason why I asked about the mice. I was reading up about this, and they said that what they meaning the internet said that one of the themes in the film was more about having the fear of the other, as well as possible anti-Semitic undertones. And the, the the evidence to this is just like the physical appearance of Count Orlog. He has a hooked nose, a long claw, long claw like finger fingernails, and large bald head that has been compared to the stereotypical caricatures of Jewish people from the time of when this was filmed, which I thought was really interesting. I I, I you can take any movie like this and, and think. Oh yeah, people just are scared of what they don't know. But yeah. I, I, I am not of the Jewish faith, so I don't know. I, 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 I would not have known this to be a thing. Uh, also, my only problem sure with that theory is there's actually something to be afraid of with Count Orlok. Like well, everyone's, exactly. everyone's fears are justified, <laughs> whereas like judging someone for being the other most like there's rarely a case where you're like oh i was right <laughs> right 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 he, he he's out like, here they do drink blood it's like all right well you can't. right you can't you can't do that you can't do that then let's wrap it up I, I i feel like this whole episode was a lot of babbling but i mean i will I, say everyone, that- so i think it's just seeing that story that we all know the dracula story in its original setting in germany I, you know what, Dan, I'm going to, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go first as we wrap this up. I, without a doubt, think this is required watching. And I teetered, I say without a doubt, I definitely had doubts, but I I, I teetered (laughs) with with this a bit. With some doubts, this is (laughs) required watching because I think much like a a couple of films that we talked about previously, I think it's interesting to see where we got Innovation, like we're, we're like th- like this film is the product of innovation, and how it's filmed, and the music that scored it, the you know illegally but 
you know, taking kind of source material and making it your own and being able to change some of the, whatever it is that they did change and, and, and honestly birth a, a legend, which is the only thing I can say about it. I don't know. I don't know if we have the, the vampire movies we have now without this movie. Oh, we don't have Edward Cullen without Nosferatu. Listen, don't, don't, don't play around. Edward Cullen. I, I fucks with it. Don't. Twilight was a part of my oh, life. I would have loved it if it was Count Orlock in Twilight. In high school, he was still a high schooler, but just with his long fingernails and goofy face. <laughs> Trying to get in with uh, Anna Kendrick and the rest of the human beings. Anna Kendrick. Oh, what's her name? Christian Stewart. Uh, no, no. Anna Kendrick was in the film as one of the humans. Oh, I haven't. It's like Christian Stewart. Friend. <laughs> don't. Yeah, don't. Okay. Anyways, yeah. I mean, again, I, I think I think when you want to see, like, we 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 don't talk about Rocky and go to like Rocky Five. Like, we we watch the first one and we talk mm-hmm. about it from there. I think when we're talking about, I think we're fortunate enough to have something that's like birth a genre, and I think you'd be crazy to not see how this was. Just, well, one, how it how it's handling the whole silent movie thing, I think is mm-hmm. really fun, because I had to. But you know. But again, taking text, taking text, taking actual text and making it into a silent film is much harder than taking text and making a movie. Like now, like, yeah. like a movie with dialogue. Well, I was, I was thinking it's so funny how more recently people complain about remakes and there's no like original properties anymore. Everything's just a reimagining or remake or sequel. Even back then they were doing that. Like the book came out 25 years before the movie like pretty recently yeah so it's funny that they're just like no you could still use source material (laughs) and make it unique and iconic i will say and i I think they do go on i also agree that it's required watching i love that like german expressionist like the use of shadows and like stop motion and it really truly makes an unsettling like overall the movie's not that scary but there are some scenes that are truly like nightmarish like we just see the top of his head like lurking over the bed and it really like exemplifies that that it is the birth of this vampire genre that we see in movies yeah, so I say between the shadows, the editing, the score, it's a story that we all know, but I don't think enough people have seen like the birth of it. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think they should do it. Go watch it. Go watch it. All right. Well, it's, listen, it's free on YouTube because it's it's, no one it's hella it. old. <laughs> It's hello. It's a bootleg copy, so you yeah. would not be remiss to watch it on YouTube. I know a guy at the barbershop who get you a copy of it <laughs> for five dollars. Bootleg movies. Anyways, listen. That's that's the show. You can check us out on all the social medias at Required Watch. Our website is requiredwatching.com. You can find me Trey Epps at. We didn't even introduce ourselves. I don't think. Oh my gosh. How do we? Okay. How are we functioning? Okay. You can follow me at Trey Epps and yeah, I think on all the social medias. So do that. Every last one of them. What about you, Dan? Oh, I'm Danny. 
You can follow me at Danny Taverner on most social medias. Sounds good. Listen, we'll have we'll have all of our links in the show notes and all that jazz. Anyways, with that said, Dan, let's let's do it again next week. All right, talk to you later.